1: Trust your love story to the original Catholic Dating site and use the promo code Redbox at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com.
0: One, two, three, listen. Welcome
2: to the Shoot the Shiitake podcast with me, Father Leo Paddlinghug, a Catholic priest on a mission to bring people of all different backgrounds together to learn to love, accept one another, even if we disagree. We've got to be willing to listen to each other as God does with us and as God intends for us to do. And this podcast isn't about the deep, technical, or even theological things about the Catholic faith, but more importantly, how to make these a realistic and practical part of our life simply by listening to each other. And this week, we have the opportunity to listen to Father Arul Edward He is a priest serving in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and we're going to hear all about what it means to be an Arab and a Christian. It's going to be an amazing, deep-dish discussion. And if you want to support our work and our podcast, just go to my website, PlatingGrace.com. Click on the Academy where you can become a member and support us by joining one of the tiered memberships. And as an Academy member, you'll be part of an online community that is so unique, and you'll gain access to premium content and other special perks. But for now, please join me and my guest, Father Arul Edward Joseph, as I dive into a deep dish discussion and we shoot the shiitake. And welcome back to Shoot the Shiitake with me, Father Leo, for a deep dish discussion with Father Arul Edward Joseph. He is a capuchin working in the United Arab Emirates in what is called Avosa. Can you, Father? First of all, thank you for joining me. Thank you for. Tell opinion. me what is Avosa?
1: It um, apostolic vicariate of Southern Arabia. Okay,
2: apostolic vicariate of of Southern Arabia. Arabia yeah.
1: Because the Arab Emirates is made up of how many? Uh, it's about seven states. Okay, uh, but our vicariate is consisting of three countries. Okay. Like uh, United Arab Emirates, Mm -hmm. Oman, Yemen. So these three countries, we call it as apostolic vicariate of Southern Arabia.
2: Because my listeners are going to try to compare it to the United States. So the United Arab Emirates is in a way like the United States, made up of seven states, which 48 years ago, seven tribal leaders came together and agreed that there would be a king, which is kind of like a president, right? You are absolutely correct. Okay. Yeah. And then, but because they also have a British influence, they have to have a prime minister. That's true. And then the son of the prime minister would eventually
1: be the king? Or how does this work? Uh, no, here, um, the uh, president is always. From the kingly family okay there is no prime minister as such here okay so uh, under the king mm-hmm. there are cabinet ministers who are all helping him got it so there is no prime minister or uh, you know that sort of a pose not available okay all right okay so
2: everything goes through the king <laughs> yes and the monarch system exactly and there will be a prince who will eventually become the king of, of course and um in order to be part of the royal family, this is always very interesting for Americans because you can't vote on any of this. Yeah, It's just you have to be born into it.
1: Yes, of course.
2: I do have to ask though, with these seven tribal leaders, how did they decide that this one person would be the king slash president
1: of this United
2: Arab Emirates?
1: It's like the capital of this United Arab Emirates is Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. With just a lot of oil resources. Okay. Uh, so or maybe when they got together, the initiation of getting them together may be initiated by the ruler of Abu Dhabi, Sheikh Al-Nayan. So under his leadership, so all of these leaders agreed to be one country.
2: Okay, so they they agreed,
1: which is really interesting because usually
2: the communities might not always agree with each other. And this is very different from Americans because again... We don't agree with everybody either, but we will vote them out. Mm -hmm. But right now, you have a very benevolent king here. Yes, of course. But I want to talk about the relationship to the king in the United Arab Emirates and for you as a Catholic. Because you are a Capuchin, which is a a, a form of a Franciscan community. Yeah. But you're not
1: even from here. Where are you from? Tell us about you. I'm from uh, India, southern part of India, a state called Tamil Nadu. So I worked there as a, you know, lecturer in counseling psychology and psychotherapy. Okay. So I came in here as a visiting priest to help out another priest. Mm -hmm. They found the need of counseling for families. And that's how the bishop requested me that I can be of help to this vicariate. Okay. So it's been six years I'm in this vicariate. Wow. So six years in the United Arab
2: Emirates, and this is a different experience altogether. Of course. Tell us a little bit about what you've experienced here. What have been some of the blessings? What have been some of the challenges? And then I have some very specific questions about how this even functions.
1: So what have been your blessings so far? So the blessing is the faithful. Mm-hmm. The way people come into the church, and uh, you know they participate in every sacrament, and they become part of the church. They feel as one family, even though we are from various countries as immigrants, and we are one Catholic church, mm-hmm. even of different rites. There are more than fourteen or fifteen rites are there. But we all come under one bishop and one church. One bishop and one church. Yeah.
2: That is very true. And the churches are incredibly active. So that's the blessing. Now tell me about the challenges.
1: Yeah. Some of the challenges is this, like our crowd is so big. Like uh, if you see our Sunday celebration begins from Friday onwards. See, people aren't going
2: to understand that. So (laughs) people in America, listen to this. Sunday Mass has to begin on Friday. Friday, of course, Saturday and Sunday and Sunday. Yeah. It's three days literally of Sunday. Who gives permission to do that? I think we all got a special permission from Rome. Okay. So So, folks, people are not making this up. They got it from Rome.
1: But why do you do this? I don't understand. Because for us, the holiday, the weekend is exactly on Friday. Okay. So most people get their holidays only on Friday.
2: So their day off. Their day off. Got it.
1: So, uh, you know, on Sunday is a working day. Okay. So, so, because even though our country is big, we have few churches. So, people cannot make it to the church from their working place. How many
2: churches are there in the United Arab Emirates? In United Arab Emirates, right now, we have seven churches. Seven Churches, yeah, and primarily run by Capuchins,
1: correct? Yeah, because this Arabian Peninsula is entrusted uh-huh. to the Capuchin care by Rome. Okay, so Rome said, Capuchins, you take care.
2: By the way, the word Capuchin is where we get the word cappuccino. Okay, yeah. because originally the, the 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 brothers and the fathers had very long beards and they looked like froth yeah. from the cappuccino. But that's neither here nor there. Going back to you all being in charge of seven churches. Yes, for How many states again? It's seven states. Seven
1: states. states, So there's one church, quote unquote, one church in every state. Um, We can't say it's in in few of the states. Still, we have not opened up church. They haven't opened up churches. Maybe we are waiting for the permission of the respective leaders. We are hopeful that we will get it soon. Because the
2: king says whether or not you can have a church. Yes.
1: I mean, uh, even though... The king gives the permission permission. Uh-huh. Each state has got a head. Uh-huh. So kind of like a governor. Okay. Yes. So he has to give a permission for the church to function there. Okay. <laughs> so there's a
2: lot of red tape that has to happen. But I want to go back to how many masses? Yes. How many masses are celebrated over three days so that it includes Sunday? Um maybe more than fifty. 50 five zero. Five people. Priests, do not complain. (laughs) If you have, listen, when I do parish missions, I'm saying all of the masses or at least preaching at all of the masses. Sometimes that can be up to nine masses over the period of two days, you know. But here in, well, I'm in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and right now I'm in Jebel Ali. Jebel Ali. Ali. they have how many masses beginning Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Fifty. Yes. Five zero. More or less. How many priests are here?
1: Are like um uh, Abu Dhabi and Jabal Ali. These two parishes are a little smaller, mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, around um, five to six priests in each parishes. Okay. And in Dubai, we have eleven priests. Okay. Dubai being the world's biggest parish. We call okay, it. I
2: want to talk about that because that's an unofficial <laughs> title. <laughs> yeah. But you're also not making it up. Yeah. The last estimates that we heard were ninety-five thousand yes. registered yes. parishioners at Saint Mary's Church in Dubai, yes. where I actually I'm speaking in three different churches in the United Arab Emirates. The crowds are not only big; they're incredibly enthusiastic. Primarily made up of Indians. And and Filipinos. Filipinos. And so there is a great sense of devotion. But that even poses its own problems, right? Because, I mean,
1: language. (laughs) What language is spoken here in the United Arab Emirates? So Arabic is the national language. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, most of it, like in a working place and things like that, they also speak various Indian language uh, to communicate. And some of them, you know, they won't uh languages but in churches we also provide a care for those faithful who would like to attend the eucharistic celebration in their own mother tongue how many languages are we speaking uh, we are al- almost like we have around 15 to 17 language masses going on
2: my goodness my goodness and how many daily masses usually happen say for example saint mary's the world's largest unofficially largest parish yeah How many Masses on a weekday? In a day, day?
1: five Masses. So five on weekdays. Weekday
2: Masses. Yes. But then, literally, if I remember speaking to the pastor, he had to kick people out of the churches because the government requires that all of the churches close at...
1: Yeah, for various security reasons, they instruct Hmm. us the starting time and the ending time. Okay. So that they also can give uh, security for us. So, so people th- will like to be around the church, chit chat and talk, uh-huh. but uh, when there is a time like by 10 p.m. we need to close the church and they are out of the church. Listen, I've
2: been to these churches already
1: and it is nonstop
2: activity. I think, I think American pastors would just pull their hair out of their head, just like get these people out <laughs> of my church for God's sakes. But it's the God's honest truth, it is nonstop. There are bazaars, there's like markets, I mean, even in St. Mary's, there's a restaurant. Yes. Because people are literally spending the entire day at church. That's true. And they're praying, which is so interesting to me. But the relationship I want to swing over and talk about the relationship to the church and the state Yes, because it is different. Tell me about this kind of um, these rules. These are rules that are not made by the churches, because the church is subject to the king's orders. And right now, the current king is a very benevolent
1: king. He's incredibly supportive of Catholic churches, right? Of course. Now, the relationship is growing very brotherly mode, and Mm -hmm. we are very happy about it. And uh, our Pope's presence recently that took place made a drastic change. Okay,
2: so in 2019, Holy Father Francis came to Abu Dhabi, Yes. and how many people showed up? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like uncountable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah.
1: And how did the king react? H- him and the you his know the cabinet. wonderful thing that you know that made every one of us very happy. Mm-hmm. All this, all these people were uh, taken care of very well by the government. Mm-hmm. To say, they gave everyone transport. Okay, so the government provided transport, free trans- transport for the you know arena to reach for the papal mass. Okay, well I saw it on the news; it yeah. was unbelievable. And you know all the necessary things that's being taken care by the government. Okay, and it made us a very good impact on. But our the relationship.
2: government, yeah, the government. So it was a good relationship.
1: I think it's because in a
2: way the king is more worldly. Yeah. He knows what the Catholic Church is about, despite our problems. Yeah, everybody has problems. They the church does so much good for these people, of course. But they also that also means that they have to control certain things, like what time mass starts, right. what time it has to end, um,
1: and they even have security they provide for the large.
2: Why do they have to provide security for the Catholic
1: Church? Um, you know, um, this is as you know. Uh, the catholic church is a minority group here any religion percentage? for that yeah how many percentage of the um you know um, we are maybe l- lesser than 2 or 3 2 or 3% yeah, uh, in an arab country yeah. generally muslim yes generally okay. muslim so you know maybe to uh, provide a security reasons and you know there can be some fanatic activity that has can... there been negative persecution no. Uh, no so far nothing in our area because the government provides the security and you know it makes sure that we are secure in practicing our own faith what does that mean what does that look like do they put up cameras and such you know like um uh, they provide the security cameras everywhere the Uh police are available Uh the cad's visitors and tell us what to do in case of any emergency on, on our feast days, like uh, you know, we have a, a Christmas and the uh, Christmas uh, is and, probably uh, incredibly confusing for yeah, Muslim Arabs. And you know, it's you know the huge crowd coming up to Dubai. And the two Filipinos have a, a different uh, sort of a novena <laughs> called Simbang Khabi. Yeah, uh,
2: so so that's nine days prior to Christmas. Filipino yes. communities come together and they literally have mass church is full the ground is full the road is full and, and the metro is full we're talking we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people yes i mean we're talking up to like 10,000 people. People come, carry the
1: chairs, come sit on the road. Those annoying Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are wonderful they can, people. You're talking to now, that's why he's saying that on the microphone. No, we love them.
2: <laughs> but they really do, like the Indian community and the Filipino community, they keep the faith strong in this country. Now, can I ask you, why do they come here? I mean, why couldn't they go anywhere else in order to practice their faith a little bit more freely?
1: Yeah. Uh, one is that, you know, to take care of their family, to provide for the family, mm-hmm. they get good salaries here. Okay, so they, they come here production. for
2: the salary yes. and then they send money back, back home. Back to home, yeah. But oftentimes they don't
1: have the ability to bring their families here, so they have to live um, long distances. You know, there sometimes. are different categories. If there are labor category people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if their salary is lower than... Maybe three thousand dirhams, okay. maybe a thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. In comparison, so uh, it, they will not be able to bring the families because the expenses are more. Surely. Right now,
2: one dirham is about. One dollar would be about uh, what?
1: I think Two, three to four. Three to four dirhams. Dirhams. Yeah. Okay.
2: Three to four dirhams. Okay. So basically, if I had twenty dollars, it would be about what is it, like, my math is so bad, I should be better at this year. That would be about 100 dirham. Yeah. Yes, of okay, course. Okay, about 100 dirham. Okay, yeah. so um, the wages are a little bit lower for immigrants that come here. Yeah. And, and if you're
1: not a Muslim, you can't even own property here? Is that correct? Um, I mean, it's not about religion. It's mm. about if you are not of this land. Of Not of this land. So yeah. they really are talking about national Yeah, support to
2: their citizens. Yeah,
1: There are certain norms. Now they are slowly opening up those doors as well. For those who are making business and their investment is here. I see. The norms are all slowly, they are becoming very flexible to accommodate people inside this land. Yes, this flexibility kind of prompted for what is called now a Year of Tolerance. That's a beautiful thing that they call it. Like this year is announced as Year of Tolerance. Okay. Like the various programs are held where, you know, they all, all the religious people meet together. Okay, so uh, even tolerance Hindus, of religions. Yeah, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, all, all those religious people come meet together uh-huh. to promote those value of unity, peace, and harmony.
2: Okay. And the king is all for this. Yes. So this is a very unique thing for a lot of Muslims to have this dialogue between the different religions. The Catholic Church has always promoted inter-religious dialogue. That's great. Um, but now the Muslim king, he wants that to happen. And so are there a lot of different religions here? Yeah, there are.
1: There T- are. Tell me and about that. And you know, recently the Indian... Uh, Prime Minister came over to this country on a visit, and he he was given permission, sort of, uh, you know, to build a temple for the Hindus to come and worship. What about Jews? Um, we are going to have a project called Abrahamic House. The Abrahamic House. Yes. Okay, so this is hopeful. hopeful. that That the
2: Muslims and Jews here in the United Arab Emirates can have some type of relationship
1: together. That's, that's what... But it the, hasn't uh, happened yet. Uh, not yet. It's okay. on the Project Demo.
2: This is... I mean, I think Americans would listen to this and be very upset because we should be more inclusive because you go to this city and literally it looks like Disneyland and, uh, you know, a futuristic city all made up into one. I mean, these buildings yeah. are not cheap. And people who live here are rich. But there's also a side to it that's very challenging. It's for the people who come and they work. Tell me about their struggles because you deal with them yeah. as a psychologist, as a counselor, and as a priest.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I find families, even though they are very busy with their work and they earn good money, I feel uh, most of them lack quality family time. Why? Um, either they are on the road due to traffic or at the workplace for longer time. Okay. Some of them even work uh, 7 to 12 hours or more than uh, 12 or 13 hours. A day. A day. So, you know, according to the type of work they are in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I find maybe the family time is lacking. Even among the Catholics, I, I speak because... They come and talk to me and open up certain and issues. And generally, yeah? these
2: are people who have had, you know, two, two jobs, you know, two, two incomes, the yeah. mother and the father. Yeah.
1: Who takes care of the children? Mostly the babysitter. Okay,
2: so there are even hired babysitters here. Yeah, that's how. And um, when you're speaking to these families, because they're, first of all, coming from a different country,
1: are they happy to be here? Um, I feel a sort of, you know, uh, one side, they miss family time, uh-huh. the other side, they get money, which makes the family happy on a sort of a economical level. And what would you say to them? How do they achieve this? Because we obviously need to have a job. Yeah. But if they're not
2: happy, and by the way, folks, this is not for people of UAE. Yeah. This is for people around the world. Yeah. These are the same problems you have even in a, because this is a first world country. That's true. But these are things that we have in our own country. How do you balance the need for money, for family time? What advice do you give to them?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I only tell them like you no, know, tell people. See, you need more of your family time. Okay, and that's how we, these children suffer certain you know behavioral dysfunctions, mm-hmm. and they need more of your attention. So, sort of make a decision. Uh-huh. Where you know, maybe uh, for, 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 for to give you a concrete example, uh, a family that I spoke with, this lady uh, she thought she's working more time. and then you know once I highlighted this, she she said, as a mother, at least I need to give my presence to my child, so I'm going to take a part-time job, a sort of a flexible timing. okay Where my children are at school, I will also be at work when they return home, I'm there. To serve them. Okay. So some of them make a decision. Some of them they you know take it very seriously, and they decide to move on to certain places where they can also give more family time. Okay,
2: and so that's just like a normal thing. But from what I understand too, your job is not guaranteed here. You can get fired for anything, right? I mean, or or. You're,
1: you don't have the job security necessarily in this country, or do you? I, I mean, uh, there are laws and regulations. Uh-huh. If you're fired that way, you can, you know, sue them to the court and the law helps them as well. Okay. Maybe some of them, they are ignorant of it. Uh-huh. Some of them have a false hope that somehow they will get through an, another work or they get into debts, get a lot of loans, and they get into struggle. So this sounds like the problems that we have in America, but I will tell you, The quality
2: of the Catholic Church is different here than it is in America. And let me explain why. The people here, it might be cultural from the Indian culture or the American culture, but there is a sense that the church is a home. I mean, they literally come here all the time. I mean, it's strange.
1: Yes, and they would love to be, even if they extended time, they would love to be in the church throughout the day. (laughs) Then they get a free time. Why? <laughs> this is the part that I don't understand. What and are they looking for You know, for if you've uh, been on Friday in the Dubai, yep. in the St. Mary's Catholic Church, you will find a board at the entrance of the church. The church is full. Really? Yeah. So, you, you imagine on a summer day, it, it goes up to 50 degrees. Yeah. So, heat. that's over 100 degrees. Yeah. yeah. So... People stand outside uh-huh. in a hot sun uh-huh. with a little shade over their head. Oh my they gosh. attend the whole mass standing. And as they go from the church fully wet with their, on their clothes with a sweat, uh-huh. and they return home. But still they come the next day to the church.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I'm listening to all of this and I have seen a little bit of it. Why? Why? I don't understand. I mean, it's not like... Yeah. I went to a Mass. It just felt like a Mass. It wasn't anything extraordinary. It wasn't like the Pope showed up or anything. (laughs) I felt like it. I had two bodyguards next to me (laughs) celebrating Mass. They were the two other priests, by the way. But but there were so many people. It felt like a Christmas Mass. (laughs) What what honestly do you think brings them to church and to a level of lived out, lived faith? Very sincere.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Two things that I see. One is like... They don't have any extended family or their relatives over here. Okay. So they create a bigger family when they come to church, where they meet other families and they relate with them and they are happy to meet them. Second, maybe they're also suffering a sort of, because the place is not permanent, there is a sort of an anxiety going inside of them. Okay. What will happen to me next day? Okay. Things are not sure. So... That sort of motivates them come closer to God. Okay. And to be in the providence of God and to enjoy God's hand guiding them through.
2: Okay. Now that does make sense. And you know, being, for example, in an Arabic culture, how do you see them able to mingle and, and integrate well with 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 Muslim Arabs?
1: Do you see Harmony, you know, in workplaces they all mm-hmm. work together, uh-huh. um, and you know uh, they they are very good, and you know the relationship is also cordial. Uh-huh. And uh, when we are in fasting, the phase of fasting, they come up to help. If the you know in the working place, if uh, another person of, of another religion uh, is present there, they come up to help. You know, if they are tired, there are certain phases of, uh, you know, uh, of life. They do the fasting throughout the day okay. where we Catholics or other religious people go and extend their help to them in their work.
2: Okay. Um, do you think that the culture here is, it, it's very religious and it's very Muslim. Yeah. Do you think that, um, that it will affect Catholics in the future here? I mean, because... You know, while it might be strongly identified as culturally Catholic, do you think that they're really practicing their faith or doing it because they feel lonely and this kind of gives them
1: familiarity? I mean, will they keep their Catholic faith here, do you think? Um, I feel they are getting more stronger mm. because our uh, apostolic vicar, Bishop Paul, in the takes care of families and you know, in a beautiful way and he wants to nurture this Catholic faith being installed in their mind body. But
2: here's the problem, though. They I do believe it. I think that the Catholic faith is being incredibly nourished yeah. here, but you can't have necessarily very obvious symbols of your Catholicism. Like, for example, the church in Abu Dhabi. It's a huge church, and it's situated in between an evangelical church and and a a, a mosque, but the mosque is called... The mosque dedicated to Mary, mother of Jesus. Literally, there is a mosque dedicated to Mary, the mother of Jesus. But you look at the church, and they
1: literally have to hide the cross, the symbol of the cross. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Um, maybe this, uh, you know, there there are certain rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's being followed, and uh, we don't want to hurt the sentiments of people as mm-hmm. well. Very good. And uh, maybe that, in a way, helps us to be. A living sign and symbol uh, you know uh, to be in the world well that's kind of important because
2: sometimes when in America especially if you don't have the obvious signs of faith they think that you're not a good Catholic but here you have to deal with the government you have to deal with all of these rules and regulations I mean even now I couldn't even necessarily preach publicly without getting permission
1: yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that is a system, you know. We follow that system. I think they are more slowly, they are more open and uh, very mm-hmm. cordial.
2: And uh, but the uh, reason why I say it is because I think that when the pressure is on, that's when you become a good Catholic,
1: in a way. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean,
2: who was it? I think Paul VI said, When it's easy to be a Christian, it's hard to be a Christian. Yeah. When it's difficult and challenging to be a Christian, that's when it's easiest to be a Christian, and I think. The Christians here are truly carrying a unique cross. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So, you know, Father, what advices do you give to people when they come here, especially new immigrants that come? What what would you say to them? Yeah. And Um, by the way, this is true for anyone.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you you mean to say the Catholics or generally yeah, they Generally mean, Catholics? Yeah, yeah. So we usually do a sort of a welcoming. Well, real the, quick, do you actually minister to non-Catholics as well? Um, you know, uh, we are not allowed in a way, like you know, uh, there is no open preaching and things like that. Because Our you religious can't, practices are confined to to the, just your Catholics. Catholics. So in other words, you can't even have RCIA. Um, we have it, but within the church okay. and you know, there can be other religious, but not a Muslim. Okay. So a Muslim cannot become a Catholic.
2: Yes. If they do, they have to go outside of the yeah, country country or they won't respect two countries. Okay. <laughs> so again, these are unique challenges that we yeah. have here, not like in America, but uh, the advices that you give to people,
1: the advices that you give to people, what, what, what do you say? Um, you know, uh, uh, we abide by the rules and regulations and uh, you know, uh, uh, we are also respectful of the government and the mm-hmm. government in turn takes care of us so well. Okay. And so as soon as they reach this country, they come in relationship with the church, and the church is, you know, making them to feel at home. Okay. And there are other ways we also help them reach them out if they are in trouble. We have a social work network as well where they help people. It's not only Catholics, the mm. social work network reaches to even the non-Catholics, people who are in trouble. We reach out to them and help them whatever the way possible.
2: And one last question before we bring this deep dish discussion to a close. Father, what can I do as a Catholic priest in America? what can i do to help you how can i be a good
1: priest for you and i think living this catholic values of this universality the brotherhood Uh and this can be a beautiful sign and symbol that you know will make our priesthood all the more stronger and i see this catholic church thriving here Uh. blooming here I want the same spirit to be in U.S. as well. That is beautiful.
2: Father, thank you for your time and for being here on Shoot the Shiitake. When I come back, I'm going to give you my carryout order. What did I learn from this deep discussion when we turn in just a moment. And welcome back for my carryout order. I want to thank my very special guest, Father Arul Edward Joseph. And uh, my carry-out order from hearing this conversation is pretty powerful because it just shows how we take so much for granted in our Catholic faith if you're living in a country that supports the right to religion. So, for example, you know we don't have to pray for a benevolent king who is going to give to us the ability to pray as we are called to pray uh, because we have a right to that. We should be praying for all of our leaders, but it's interesting that a bloodline establishes a kingdom, and so it's just very unique for me to hear how a Christian has to live here in America versus in an Arab country that is predominantly Muslim. You know, but it it shows how there is a need for interreligious dialogue, and we've got to not only pray for it, we've got to work for it. But you also see how the Christians have a unique role in making sure they can keep their faith, but not professing it so publicly. Uh, Only if they have the right to do so. And boy, when they have a right to do so, when they get a chance to go to Mass, they are serious about their Catholic faith. In a way, it makes me wish that other Catholics can experience what it's like to be in a country that is not open to the right to religion. So hearing all of what they go through and seeing that there is a church with the highest number of registered parishioners, 95,000 registered parishioners at St. Mary's in Dubai. It was really quite an experience to not only speak with Father Arul and be inspired by his example, and of course, all of the examples of the amazing priests that are there, but also the people who made my visit there one of the greatest highlights of my preaching ministry. But just seeing their faith and how much they love God and how much they're willing to make sacrifices for their family and for their faith, and of course, they ate all of my food, so that's always a good thing. It's just humbling. And if there was anything that I really want to carry out from this experience is the need for more humility in our faith, where we need to know that, that we are so blessed to be able to practice our faith and also to, to have leaders who have to serve their people in order to protect their right to religion. So I just hope that this was a positive experience for you to see the global church and to see the blessings that we so often take for granted. I want to thank you for listening and to my special guest, Father Edward, excuse me, Father Arul Edward Joseph. In the UAE and for his community as well. And if you enjoyed this conversation and want to support our efforts to bring conversions through conversation, just go to platinggrace.com, become an Academy member where you get premium content, to help us out, and also special perks. But between now and the next time we shoot the shiitake,
0: stay hungry. <laughs> through audio guided contemplative prayer sessions from meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines hollow has something for everyone hollow is the number 1 catholic app in the US it is free to download and has permanently free content but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days risk free by signing up at www.hollow dot app slash breadbox